The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. Welcome back to Brothers on Law. Rob Mandel here with my brother, Larry. Hey, Larry, you know what I want to talk about today? I want to talk about something very near and dear to my heart, dogs. Hey, remember that time when you went hiking with our golden retriever and you brought her back? Bridget, yeah, you brought her back home. And she came into my bedroom and then laid in my bed. Turned out that she she was riddled with ticks yeah yeah she had ticks all i had ticks in my bed yeah. ticks in my bedroom right you know i got to say, put like a tick bomb off or something yeah, i did I, I was really ticked off about that dude ah. yeah you know I, I didn't even know what a tick was until that happened thanks so much. i swear to god that was crazy and it was hard to get the ticks off the dog too i don't know if you remember that you had to oh, take tweezers and stuff that was terrible man yeah but what a hike that was it was a hike to remember because we went back into the woods and it was fall with golden leaves. It was just gorgeous. And I think the dog really had a good time. Okay, today we have a very special guest. His name is Steve Ritt. And Steve, I've known him for years. Steve is involved with animal training and movies and all different kinds of things. And we're going to talk to Steve about some of the things that you used to do and now that you've morphed into. What do you think about that, Steve? It sounds good, Larry. We have known each other a long time. Yeah, I met you when you were involved with Rottweilers at first, right? I think well, I, that must have been ago. about 1981 or wow. two, I believe. And then you, man, were, you guys are old. I know. And he was on a TV show. You were the trainer for Married with Children, right? Owner and trainer of Buck the Dog from Married with Children, which. Um, Went 11 seasons, and then I also owned and trained Lucky the Cocker, who replaced Buck, was actually Buck reincarnated in the storyline. Yeah, that was a great TV show. That had a good run. And I, you invited me on the set. I took my kids there. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we used to film that live, two live shows every Friday night. And it was a hit in 77 countries. And wow. one of the longest-running sitcoms in the history of television, actually. And how was it interacting with Buck on set what was it like was it difficult with him was it easy well live camera shows with dogs are are very is a very challenging format to work a dog in because it all has to be done with hand signals and to one beat so if buck doesn't do something or exits a beat too soon or a beat too late then you basically stop the show the joke doesn't work so it's very precise with the timing to one hand signal in front of the live audience then of course you have multiple cameras moving around and you also try to get it to where the dog looks natural like he belongs to part of the family and he's not looking for hand signals even though he needs to see the hand signal so it has its own challenges as compared to you know one-hour dramas or feature films where you can cut 
Wow. And you've done some feature films, too, over the years, right? Yeah, I've done quite a few feature films. Buck actually was in the Christmas movie Scrooged with Bill Murray. Right. You know, recently um, I've done a film called Friends with Benefits. My Anatolian Shepherd was in that. What, what type of animal was in that? Anatolian Shepherd's a rare Turkish breed. Ah. So, Are they a large breed? Very, breed? very large, and he was extremely large. And we worked a couple weeks. Um, he was on. very large, this dog. Very, very I get, large. I, that's the I'm impression very, I'm getting. Very funny. <laughs> and you're funny, how, Rob. How long does it take to train a dog to respond to those kinds of hand signals? You know, before I have a dog even go on set, even if they require something pretty basic, I like to have six months to a year of training in them. So and, there's always more. It ends up being more than they tell you. The production person tells you on the phone, you know. I imagine. So you're training the dog to respond to specific segments of the show. Is well, that the idea? Well, there's pre-training for each job possibly, you know, but every film dog should have a well-rounded um, amount of commands that they know and some distance, you know. So there's, there's dozens of commands every film dog should know to start with. Then you would prep according to each, you know, uh, episode or feature film. Oh, that's, so there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the prep becomes very specific to that job. It's something you wouldn't train a dog to do, you know, because they're never going to use it except for that particular job. So there's prep involved. Do these yes. dogs live with you at, at your house? My dogs are my personal pets and my family, too. I'm, I'm like the mom and pop operation of supplying dogs to film and TV. You know, they live in my house. And, you know, I compete with people that have 50 to 75 dogs. And, and I take it you don't? No. <laughs> yeah, no. So you're, you're a, you I hate a, seeing them in kennels, you know. So yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's a commodity to a lot of people, but yeah. to me, you know, I'm very close to my animals, and they live in the house. Yeah. So you are Heart. emotionally attached to each and every one of them. Very much so. Yeah. I, maybe a lot of it's because I'm a single guy with no no children either, so they kind of supplement the children. <laughs> right, thing, right. Well, know. dogs are like kids. Yeah, they are. They, they got to be part of the Actually, family. Actually, dog behavior is equivalent to child uh, psychology up to, you know, a five-year-old child. So you have to also train, if you're training somebody, let's say it's not you, for but uh, an individual private party, and they want to know how to train a dog, what... Do you have to train the person first? I mean, do people come to you and say, all right, here's my dog, just train it? You know, I've had it both ways where a lot of people are like, can you just take the dog and train it? And I do that on special rare occasions. But I like to do in-home dog training because it's more effective. Number one, that's where the behavioral problems occur are in the home. But also, you know, like you said, you've got to train the people. That's what's really important. The dogs are really easy, actually. You know, people well, say it must take a lot of patience. Yeah, it really doesn't. Once you understand dogs, they're it, it's pretty black and white, and different breeds have different kind of idiosyncrasies. Yeah, and yeah. Like that. Each breed has been bred for specific tasks. You know, working with man, so they are you know have their own uh, you know set of behavioral uh, characteristics. But even within the same group of purebred dogs, you'll find individual personality characteristics within each puppy within that same uh, litter of purebred dogs. You start. Go ahead, Rob. Well, I was just going to ask: Can you spot? Let's say you got five puppies, and they're what three, four months old. Can you 
tell from just observing these puppies for a little while which ones are going to be the most trainable, the smartest, the most fun, that sort of thing? Yeah, you can see which ones are more calm, more excitable, which ones have more prey drive. Definitely, which ones are more dominant. You know, there's a battery of uh, different tests we can do with young puppies to help determine that along with observing their behavior. What if just a mom and dad go to buy a puppy from somebody that's advertising? What would they look for? Let's say they don't have the benefit of having you around. You know, it depends on everyone's life. That's a good question. Everyone's lifestyle is different. So you should try to get the puppy or dog that's going to match your lifestyle whether you're active, whether you're laid back. You know, a lot of people get a lot of, for instance, there's well-bred German-bred dogs, shepherds, uh, you know, and Dutch Malinois that a lot of the police departments use now. And a lot of these are bred so much for work and they have such high energy levels for working because it takes that for whether it's bomb detection, whether it's protection training, police training, you need high drive. Those usually don't make the best pets. You know, they'll be bringing true. you a ball to throw fetch at midnight when you're trying to sleep. You know, <laughs> so it is important to try to, you know, see which puppy fits your lifestyle more. I mean, it, it, you really don't want a real excitable dog or a dog bred with a lot of drive if you just want a, a pet to chill with. So what do they do to determine that? Should they go on the internet and look at the, the characteristics of the yeah, breed? Yeah, you can hire some trainer. I'll, I'll give you a, a tip, you know, put the puppies on their back, hold them like a baby, which ones are content? Which ones struggle? Which ones struggle and then calm down easy? Which ones never calm down and wanna be, you know, turned free? Yeah. You know, interact, watch them interact with each other. Which ones are, are, are the dominant ones? Now that is kind of like a, a kid. You were talking about how the psychology of a dog is like a up to a five-year-old kid. Yeah. And uh, the problem is, when well, you got a kid, you can't just pick your kid. You know, that's, you're, you're that's your kid. Them, you right. got it. It's like that's a neighbor, yours. Right? Yeah. He's the one that won't calm down. He won't calm down. I got him on his, <laughs> I'm petting his belly. He ain't going to calm uh, down. That was what you were like yeah. when you were a little kid, right, I by bet, the way. I bet. Well, you were the mellow one, Larry? Yes. And, and still was the high-energy, no, excitable no. kid. Flip flipped around i'm because he was so ridiculous as an older brother i had to become a feisty guy yeah to fight for your life yeah i had to fight for my life which makes me the badass lawyer i am today so i do give you credit i give you some credit yeah see so being the younger brother you had to be a little tougher to keep up with larry pretty much yeah yeah imagine that happens with dogs too definitely and you can mold that a lot during the critical and socialization periods of a dog and it's just like people that's what molds us as adults is you know the hereditary uh you know genes behind us our parents and grandparents and and it's the same with the dog and along with our environment and uh, how we're raised during our critical and socialization periods in life. Nature versus nurture. Yeah, but and that brings up an important point about how you house the dog and what you do for the dog. You know, I mean, if you put the dog in a in a very strange environment when you leave the house or something like that, you know, that's going to be detrimental for the dog's, you know, up. Exactly. You can have the best, um, you know, dog genetically. And if you isolate it too much early in life, don't expose it. You'll create a dog that's very fearful in new environments or if it's not used to people early in life. You know, actually, we see a physical change in the brain cells of a dog 
if they're isolated compared to lots of exposure during these socialization periods. So the more they're exposed early in life during the socialization and critical periods, the nerve cells in the brain are larger and there's more of them. Then the opposite's true the more a dog is isolated early in life and not exposed to Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But you Steve, know, it drives you nuts to be isolated, basically. I mean, a human being can't take that. You don't get stimulation, yeah. number one, but you're not expanding what you're used to early in life. So then later on, it's harder to cope with because you've never experienced certain things. So, so, so maybe someone who can't spend a lot of time with a dog... Maybe, Maybe shouldn't should get reconsider it. that. Right, you know, yeah. you could re, you know, there's. I try to promote rescue dogs and getting dogs from the pound. There's so many wonderful dogs, you know, from pounds, uh, adult dogs, that then you don't have to deal with all the puppy problems and the time a puppy requires. That's right. You know, and a lot of them turn out to be great dogs. In fact, a couple of uh, two of the pit bulls, my two last pit bulls, were both rescue dogs. One of them I had to get special permission from the lieutenant of the shelter because they don't adopt out pit bulls. And he went on, he was in two Trace Adkins videos. He ended up being a co star uh, on the series with Kristen Bell, Veronica Mars. Sure. So he worked name? out really nice. I mean, he, he, I'd never seen him display any aggression towards anybody at any time. What was his name? Lazarus. Lazarus, is he still with us? No, Lazarus passed away, unfortunately. And you had another pit bull. And then I had Igby. Igby was very Igby cool. Igby was from um, Redlands Animal Shelter. Hmm. And, you know, real ghetto look, little cropped ears, 95 pound pit bull. And of course, wow, you know, man. those aren't the first to leave the pound. People are afraid, you know. Just to look alone. But he was a sweetheart. He was a sweetheart. And in fact, he is the star of a short film I made that's out now on Amazon called Unleashed Love. No kidding. And yeah. it's from the point of view of Igby. And in fact, it ended up being, you know, um, real life imitating art. Nice. If you watch the film, it's a short film. It's about love and loss. And it's an all animal cast, essentially, with just a couple people in it. That's on Amazon? It's on Amazon. And it, and it, and it actually did very well at the uh, film festival circuit. Wonderful. You know, it's won several and you, awards. You directed it? You produced I directed and produced and wrote it with Wonderful. my writing partner, Larry Postel. Unleashed Love. Unleashed Love. Yeah, by Steve Ritt. I've seen it. That's it's really good. I've watched it many times. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. So I have a golden retriever, but she's probably got a little something else in her because she's a little thinner, a little more wiry than than uh, most goldens. And But what a sweetheart dog. Just gorgeous, wonderful, loving dog. But when my brother comes over with his grandson, who is a little miniature person, two, 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 years, old. two years old, the dog is freaked out doesn't know what to make of this 
and so many, kids, many. little little yeah. kids freak her out. When you say freak bark. out, she gets excited or she stays bark. back. She stays. She'll bark. She'll put her tail between her legs. Okay, so she and, didn't experience maybe many children early in life during right, her socialization right. and critical period, and all of a sudden she's a little older and she saw her first small person. And right. Like, what is this? So it's not that before we got her when she was a little puppy, some kid abused her. That could be also a negative, oh, okay. you know, impression about children or lack of exposure to children, one of those two. And, and, you know, like with any behavioral problem, you know, it's always good to find out and get to the root of the reason why. Yeah. Before you. So, you know, getting to, like you were about to probably ask, what can I do? Exactly. So What can, you, what can he do? <laughs> <laughs> what the well, hell can I well, do? Well, it's, it's a multifaceted thing, actually. Besides dealing with the individual behavioral problem directly, you always want to do it in conjunction with some kind of proper training program okay but does that what, mean you're coming over to my house yes, when his yes, kid is exactly. there his grandson so, is there. you know the responding commands consistently with distractions and liking to work and listen to commands is always a plus when you're dealing with any behavioral problem okay explain to, please a dog responding to one command consistently okay so you can always get its attention easy and right. hold it Okay. Okay. So with the children, it's going to be a combination of, along with the training, but you're going to apply some of that training when the kids first come. You don't want that dog's all the attention focusing on the fear, whether it's a child, whatever causes the fear or aggression, as a matter of fact. You want to be able to get some of the attention on you. So the longer that dog is just dwelling and seeing it, you know, it's kind of digging itself in a hole. The more sure. beats that it stays in that mode. So the idea is to get it out of that mode right away and get some of the attention on you. Talking uh. to it, praising it if you have treats. Now, besides just a lot of trainers will correct problems head on and just correct it. We need to get more to the root of the problem. She needs to gain trust in children. I see. Or small people. So some people instead, I mean, without that kind of training, we just go, no, no, no. Correct. Right? And that's right. not the way to go. Right. Not, don't want to yell at the dog. No, no. And, and because then you're ha also, besides that, that alone's not going to cure it, except for maybe when you're right next to it and it's on leash. Sure. So you're not getting to the root of the problem. But 100% of the time when I go to people's houses, they're not praising after the correction. Right. Okay, so you're only giving half of the teaching there. You're missing half, which is leaving the dog in limbo after you correct it. Now right. you should, okay, it stopped barking at the kids, or you got its attention, it's looking at you. You should immediately praise, good, that's what I want, good. Yeah, stop barking and just sit here calm looking at me, it's good. As soon as it reacts again in a negative way, a vocal correction again, ah, oh, it stops temporarily. But then it's in limbo, like I said. It could immediately react back again to the child. Right. Okay. And besides that, besides showing what's wrong, you want to show the dog what's right immediately after. And that's the difference between correction and punishment. Sure. Instead of a negative and there's bad feelings, hmm. you know, even with children, go to your room, go eat. So besides showing them what you're doing, what they're doing wrong, you're showing immediately what's right. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Now I have another friend who's got two loving dogs, big dogs. And um, 
they're not aggressive with people, but these two dogs don't get along with each other. And they apparently originally did, and then something happened, and now the dogs fight. The dynamics change yeah. within the relationship. Like an alpha so, dog versus... Well, here, yeah. Here's what happens with dog aggression. I've dealt with this a lot with a family members having dogs, and all of a sudden they're fighting, or they get a new dog and it's not getting along. So one of the things you got to realize is dogs are pack animals, and there is a pecking order. There's no equals. So a lot of the time, getting the same sex, same age isn't ideal. Makes sense. Okay, two dominant dogs. So it's always better, oh, one older dog, one younger, one male, one female. Generally, that helps. Mm. Instead of two equal temperaments, equal age kind of, you know, scenario. Mm. So it's better to have one submissive and one dominant, okay? Then they'll get along fine. Right. Um, Again, the training that's why, is so uh, important. My brother's the submissive one in our relationship. And, he, you know, and that's, that's why, why it we works. get along so well. That's, that's why it's it just, works. It's amazing. There's no power yeah. struggle I, between I, the two of us. Because we're not the same pack age. Animals. You're very immature, and I'm mature. <laughs> now, Steve, what? No comment. Is there, is, there, <laughs> is there a certain breed that you, is there like your favorite breed to work with? Well, I love all dogs. I mean, I've had toy dogs. I've had big macho pits and wolves, and you know, I just love them wolves. all. Uh, about the pits, now because I want to know about the wolves. Well, well we're going to get to me? that in just a moment. But the pits get a bad rap, right? But you've had pits, and you've had them as loving, kind animals, right? Yeah, working on sets, snarling in actors' faces, and uh, you know, uh, my dog Lazarus on. Uh, Veronica Mars, you know, had to kiss Kristen Bell in the face. He had a snarl at people in the face while he pinned them to the ground. So, you know, they're they can be very sweet, loving, reliable dogs. And I know you've worked with pit uh, pit bulls and parolees. Yeah, I've been on behind the scenes working dogs, and I've also appeared in like I don't know five, six, seven episodes through the years. And they moved they moved out of state though, didn't they're they? They're in Louisiana yeah. now. Uh huh. Yeah. And. Do you have any of those pit bulls from that show? Um, I have one dog that's in that show, and he also appears on Animal Planet's Dogs 101, Shaggy. He was a pit bull rescued from Katrina, actually. I still do have him. Oh, my him. gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. And what about, yeah, what about had, wolves? Yeah, what about I've had wolves and wolf wolves. hybrids since I was a kid. I'm from Minnesota, so, you know, there's... Minnesota? It was, for a while, it was one of the last few states that actually had wild wolves before the reintroduction they've been doing of wolves. So I grew up with a hybrid, a high-content hybrid, and I've had wolves ever since. Do you have wolves now? Now I have a wolf. I have Ariel. She's a high-content wolf dog, and she actually appears in the last scene of Unleashed Love with Igby. And so what what is different or unique to wolves that you wouldn't see in a dog? Well, wolves, wolves' attention spans are very short. You're not going to force a wolf to do anything it doesn't want to do as far as working it I can like that. a dog off leash, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a whole different animal. you got to get them to really like it. you got to keep lessons short and gradually build up the attention span and spend a lot of time getting them to associate each command as the best thing in the world. You know, downing's good, sitting's great, where they understand it, they know it's great before you even try any kind of correction behind it. And Ariel... Responds to commands. Ariel, yeah, she's trained. She does some tricks. She does uh, obedience. Like I said, she's actually in the last scene of Unleashed Love. 
Yeah. Just, you know, it's a short 11-minute film on Amazon. You can see it. And, uh, you know, she had to stay. In fact, there's the last scene I'm really proud of because I didn't have any assistant trainer, and I had to have Igby the pit bull from Redlands Animal Shelter and Ariel stay off a camera while I placed a couple butterflies. Okay, and they see the butterflies flopping, you know, flapping around, so they wanted to chase them. And then I had to work them away from camera. So you have the two of them staying and waiting while I get placed far away, you know, from camera, and they're working away from camera, so I can't be in the shot. So I, and I had to time them trotting down a path together side by side where one's not coming too fast, one's not coming too slow. So you can see her work in that. I mean, she had a lot of training before she did that film. I had to have her trained to a certain level. How about other animals? Well, we could talk about, um, come on, we could talk all day, but I think we got to check the message box real quick. Ah. Now it's time to check the Mandel message box. Honestly, wolves, I could talk, I want to know more about wolves, but we got to run out of time. So listen, we got, we got, I got a good one here for yeah. you, Steve. Okay. Denise from Montebello writes in. Go ahead, read it, Larry. I was walking my dog on a leash and my neighbor dog got out. My dog attacked it and then the owners are trying to have me pay for the vet bill. Their dog was not on a leash and mine was. Am I responsible? What do you think, Steve? I think that's more uh, a lawyer question for one of you guys. Yeah. But I do know with leash laws, if a dog's off leash... I. Uh, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that as soon as your dog's off leash, you're pretty much in the wrong and liable. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And also, isn't a dog more likely to be aggressive on a leash than because it's going to feel more protective? This can be to true, you? right? And and just even when they bait dogs for fighting, they like it to have them pull. Yeah. So sometimes the leash causes a frustration. Because now you're affecting, you know, the dog feeling like it can't escape or go get away from a situation sometimes. And then, like you said, it feels more territorial territorial with its owner because it's right there. People are an extension of their territory. Cars are an extension of their territory. And dogs only display territorial or predatory aggression. So all the aggression you're seeing, if it's not to kill something, to eat it, is territorial. Right. So that will make them more territorial for sure. Right, and but, like we said, if the other dog's off the leash, I think they're in the wrong, even if it was accidentally off the leash. Yeah, because most of the cities have these lease laws that they have to abide by. You know, it's weird because the message from uh, Denise says that my dog attacked it, but I'm assuming that the the other dog that was off leash had to come right. and encounter it. So it's really Came not over an attack. and then that dog yeah. got aggressive, but yeah. that's okay. You know, it's the way it is. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com. Speaking of dogs, did you know that there is a dog bite statute? It's actually Civil Code Section 3342, which if you're the owner of the dog and the person who's visiting you is legally on your property, your dog bites that person, you are strictly responsible. There's no free bite. It doesn't need to be on your property, Larry. Well, it could be anywhere. If your dog bites someone, Without any kind of provocation, you're strictly liable. Strictly, there's no, you don't need to prove prior bite. You don't need to prove negligence. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. That's well, yeah. a good one to know because I get yeah. asked that by clients. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it doesn't have to be on your property, but you have to be legally somewhere. I mean, if you're illegally 
on somebody's property, it may not take effect. Well, yeah, it doesn't apply if someone's breaking into your house and your dog bites them. No, then bites them right where it counts. That's no, that person's going to deserve it. Yeah, but anyway, that's what the statute says, and so you don't get, uh, you don't have to argue that the dog had some, you know, bad behavior beforehand. Doesn't Uh, matter. Yeah. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. Steve, we can't thank you enough. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We hope you come back. I'd love yeah, to come we, back. We've got to have you come back. Now, Steve, what's the name of your... If we wanted to contact you, how would we contact you? What's the name uh, of your business? My uh, business name is Acting Dogs, and you can reach me at actingdogs at msn.com, or you can call me at 661-269-DOGS. Nice. Three, six, four, seven. That's a good one. <laughs> nice. Two, six, nine dogs. <laughs> All right. We thank you for tuning in and catch us next week right here on Go Country 105. And just remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Brothers on Law and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. to hear your questions answered. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.